Welcome to Mindspace Minimal. We're your hosts, Daniel Ryan and Jessica Yatrovsky. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We hope you enjoy this episode. So beginning our session of hypnotherapy now, for you listeners, just so you know, Jessica has made herself comfortable. She's lying down. I'm sitting in a chair. And we'll begin, as we always do, with a deep cleansing breath. And taking another. And taking one more, and this time exhaling twice as long, letting all the air out of the lungs. And just continuing by letting your breathing be easy and natural. And letting your attention rest with your senses. Noticing the sound and tone of my voice. The other sounds in the room around us. The air on the skin. And listening to everything as if hearing one sound. And just imagining what it might feel like if a wave of relaxation were to move over your body now, cascading down from the crown of the head, relaxing the muscles around your eyes, your nose, the cheeks and jaw, moving down the neck and the shoulders, down the arms to the hands, around the heart and the lungs, the spine to the core, past the hips and down both legs, all the way to the bottoms of the feet, feeling the body connected from the crown of the head to the tips of the toes as the next deep breath rises and is exhaled twice as long. And noticing any thoughts in mind, any ideas or opinions, thoughts of earlier today or later today, the past or the future, the intellectual portion of this episode, this session having concluded, just noticing now as if for the first time, as if we were children playing with our imaginations that we can watch thoughts pass as if watching clouds drifting by in the sky, getting further and further and further away, becoming present once more just by reconnecting to the feeling of the surface beneath you, 
the sound and tone of my voice. And all the other sounds around us as the next deep breath rises and is exhaled twice as long. In a moment, I'll count down from ten to one, and with each digit, I'd like you to imagine what it might feel like if your body were to relax itself easily and naturally, this feeling already there just rising to the surface and expanding, growing stronger, bringing you deeper into this present moment, deeper into the sound and the tone, the nonverbal experience starting with 10, noticing wherever the most relaxed parts of your body already are. Nine. Eight. Listening to the spaces between the words I use. Seven. Six. Letting your listening to go out to find the furthest sound from you now, wherever that might be. Noticing the closest sound to you, wherever that might be. Three. Two. Just noticing how your body feels now. And one. using your imagination now, I would like you to imagine for yourself a beautiful, safe, and relaxing place in the privacy of your own mind, making it a beautiful old movie theater, for instance, whether it's a theater you visited before or someplace new that you invent. Nobody else in this theater, just you, feeling the comfort of your chair beneath you, seeing the screen there before you, and just saying yes when you can see that so I know. Yes. And up on the screen today, I would like us to notice a scene that your subconscious mind, your own deeper intelligence, is already aware of. A scene of you walking in your neighborhood on a day not unlike today, a beautiful day in the summer, coming from somewhere and going somewhere else. And as you're there, you can tell just by looking at yourself. There's something new and different there with you, something in your eyes, something in your shoulders, 
something in the way that you're walking that looks like a sense of yourself feeling light, calm, relaxed, at ease. You can tell just by looking at yourself, for instance, that those intervals of irritation or annoyance that we were speaking about before, whether earlier or later in that day, they're nowhere in your nonverbals, not in your eyes, not in your shoulders, not in the way that you're walking, not in your hands or your feet, that to see your body language, you're just seeing a sense of yourself feeling relaxed, light, calm, grounded, at ease in the near future as you're walking on a beautiful summer day coming from somewhere and going somewhere else. Can you see that on the screen? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Studying the details, watching your eyes, watching your face. Noticing what it is about your body language that non-verbally speaks for that simple, easy sense of no that we were speaking about before. It feels like relief. It feels like freedom. It feels like open space or lightness. Allowing your awareness to gently float into the screen and be there first person if you're not already. Just imagining what this might feel like, playing with it, hearing, seeing, and feeling your neighborhood around you, the sun on your skin, the air, the sounds, enjoying this walk, this sense of lightness, this sense of breath, freedom, this sense of yourself. We are bringing that with us today. Resting there a few more moments and we'll continue. Bringing your awareness back out to the audience of the movie theater and looking up at the screen now. Noticing that in the theater there you're holding in your hand a remote control that will let you fast forward, play back, or rewind any scenes. And just saying yes when you can sense your control. Okay. And can you feel it there? Mm-hmm. Marvelous. So up on the screen now, noticing a scene of yourself sometime in the near future, perhaps a couple days before that walk that we were just seeing. And it's the moment after you received an inquiry, an email. It's the moment after you've felt and given yourself, it's really just the internal experience, that simple, easy, clean, no thank you that feels complete in and of itself, that feels like there's nothing more that needs to be carried or explored or discussed, that feels satisfied preemptively. And knowing, noticing how it looks as you're moving about your home, your space, not thinking about what you don't have to think about that moment after as it's already behind you. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. In the privacy of your movie theater there, in the privacy of your mind, continuing to study those details and beginning to rewind the scene, noticing what it looks like, 
the moment before the email comes in, that preemptive satisfaction, that sense of yourself complete, already present. Noticing what it looks like as the inquiry, the email comes in, and an email is just an email. It feels like this clean and easy no thank you. Noticing what it looks like as the moment is passing. And that old thing, whatever it was, no longer happens. And as it no longer happens, you don't miss what's not there. And as you're not missing what's not there, you're not thinking about what you don't have to think about. And while you're doing that, it's very easy to just feel like yourself, present, at ease, relaxed. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Tell me, how is that feeling now? Well, it started to occur to me that no was saying no to myself and my behavior, my response, rather than actually saying no to the inquiry itself. And how does that feel? It feels placed in the proper place now. Where do you feel that in your body? I think in my solar plexus, the center. Marvelous. Just observing that feeling there. Checking in. At this time, are you sensing anything from the past that you do not need? Any old irritation, old annoyance, tension or tightness, anything that we can clear away or compassionately address? Something came up. Please. I think it's this sense of duty to be productive and always be working on something. So mm. say an inquiry comes in. It doesn't mean that I need to say yes to something or address it. Mm-hmm. But rather, this is just the flow of energy coming to me through any sort of channel. People can contact me. But it doesn't require action on my end unless I'm desirous of it. Taking a deep breath. Hearing what you just said and feeling it in your body, in the privacy of your own mind now, aligning that sense of duty, balanced with the awareness that it's safe to say no, Are you sensing anything there that we would still need to address? Or does it feel clean now? Feels cleaner. I think what I was starting to hit up against is 
this sort of um, interest of appeasing like myself in being dutiful and getting back to people versus, hmm, I don't know if this is making sense, Dan, but like I don't feel like I have any problem saying no to people. I have problem saying no to myself and my wanting to be a yes person. There's no obligation to make sense in just hearing what you said, listening to yourself, checking in with your body, noticing now anything that feels like it still needs to be cleaned, any sense of the past, old tightness, tension, irritation, annoyance, going into the nonverbal, anything that doesn't feel like permission to listen to yourself and to trust yourself. Are you sensing anything there that we would need to clear away or compassionately address at this time? No. Beautiful. Then in the absence of everything you don't need, in the presence of your own sense of presence, using the tool that you just provided yourself in the privacy of your own mind, back in the movie theater now, I'd like you to notice yourself using it over and over and over again. Comfortably and safely, listening to yourself, hearing your own voice, clean in the morning, at night, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Being there first person, you're studying the details from the movie theater. There's nothing to do that isn't already happening. Just offering our attention to those positive feelings, as if offering plants sunlight and water, seeing them grow, letting them connect with your breath, your circulation, the autonomic and parasympathetic systems of your body, those functions that just happen. You don't have to think about this. We are bringing these positive feelings with us today, thinking of them as tools for your use, realizing that feelings of lightness, confidence, or relaxation result in behavior and actions of lightness, confidence, and relaxation. And there is nothing more to do that isn't already happening. Just resting there a few more moments, enjoying it, playing with it, and we'll continue. Finally, bringing your awareness back out to the audience of the movie theater and looking up at the screen one more time. I'd like you now to just notice what could be later today, after our session concludes, 
whatever activities you'll be doing later this afternoon, this evening, tonight, tonight, this evening, and this afternoon. And noticing there that you can tell just by looking at yourself. It's as if a couple small adjustments have been made beneath the surface that are adding up to something larger cumulatively. A feeling, a nonverbal, something no longer there. And as you're not missing what you don't need, you're not thinking about what you don't have to think about. To just feel like yourself. Present. At ease. Relaxed. Enjoying and engaged in whatever activities you'll be doing this afternoon, this evening, and tonight. Tonight, this evening, and this afternoon. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. And are you sensing anything there that you don't need, anything that we can clear away or compassionately address at this time? No. Beautiful. Then again, in the absence of everything you do not need, in the presence of your own sense of presence, relaxing there a few more moments, moving through the activities of later today, this evening, tonight, tonight, this evening, and this afternoon, noticing what it feels like as you're not thinking about what you don't need to think about, that sense of lightness, ease, flow. We are bringing that with us today, connected with the breath, the circulation, the beating of your heart. You don't have to think about it. Resting there a few more moments, and we'll continue. And with the next deep breath, bringing your awareness back into this room, back into the surface beneath you, the pillow beneath your head, noticing the sound and tone of my voice and all the other sounds around us. In a moment, I'll count up from one to five, and when I reach five, I'll ask you to open your eyes, and you'll be awake, alert, and ready for the rest of your day. One, another deep breath. Two, three, four, and five, opening the eyes whenever you're ready. Giving Jessica a moment to fully come back into the room here. And for you, the listener, I'll just mention that at this time, there usually is a calm afterwards, allowing the person to completely come out of their experience. Give a little bit of a moment there for a couple breaths for processing. And then after a few moments, I usually ask the question, so what did you notice? What did you observe? So Jessica... What did you observe? I think sort of similar to meditation. 
when you sort of commit to, you know, sit, relax, and go into, a, you know, another state, an altered state, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this tendency for all of these thoughts to just rush up and want to have their moment mm-hmm. to be thought about. Well said, yeah. And I think that moment has turned many a person away from meditation. Sure. Because that's the first thing we're introduced to or just reminded of is the the noise in our own minds. Pardon my interruption. Yeah, and I think that that's, the, that's why we should do it because mm. those things need to be um, felt and processed out is like how I like to refer to it as, mm-hmm. which is like let all of the weird things just kind of hang out and get out and, you know, and allow for space for, you know, more productive um, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors to sort of come in yeah. in its place. And I was also thinking too, you know, where I don't know if I was making sense with what I was saying about, um, uh, saying no you know i know we reduced it to just this email example but i think it's the pursuit of um being busy productive dutiful having your finger on the pulse of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in life and i had this sort of little moment during our session where it's not so much like, you know, I don't really have FOMO. Like, I actually rather miss out <laughs> on a lot of things going on because I just feel overwhelmed by being tasked with anything. You're an inspiration. <laughs> Go on. I think it's, for me, I sort of felt this deeper realization that it's the fear of missing an opportunity. Mm-hmm that I am seeking. Mm -hmm. So it's not really, for me, it is reevaluating my responses to things that irritate me that are just like flies, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like getting caught up in the drama of a mundane sort of, you know, action towards me, like an inquiry or a question or, you know, just even something that I just have to handle, like an administrative task. It's like, it's just natural in our day to day that we have to deal with these things. They shouldn't occupy mental space and feel triggering. And so I think for me, just right now, having that moment to reflect that it's not like I need to learn how to say no to people. I'm very good at saying no. I say no mostly, but it's that sort of ingrained response that I have that I should take every opportunity. I should say yes to things, but that's a much younger version of myself when Mm -hmm. I was starting out. Mm -hmm. You know, you should say yes to a lot of things. Those feelings, but to your point, they don't, go away just because we intellectually know it no longer applies or because we get older right right i mean that's a very frustrating experience to have can be yeah but at the same time it does feel liberating because you can look at it very objectively and say oh this doesn't make sense here anymore you know but 
it doesn't stop the impulse or like that trigger that, yeah, that trigger, you know, yeah. of somebody asked me to be part of this thing. I have to do it. You know, it's more of like, I, you know, that book, I think it's like the year of yes or something like that. Is that vaguely the name of the familiar, book? vaguely familiar? Yes. I don't know I what the know name what of it is to. and I'm sorry to the author, but a lot of women my age and younger and older, I'm sure. Um, but a lot of women my age have made reference to, oh, I'm doing the year of yes, or I'm, I'm saying yes to everything. And I hear that and I just cringe <laughs> because <clears throat> I don't think our culture any longer, as far as I experience it in New York City, is one that is um, bottled up. Correct. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> and I feel like for being a woman, speaking to the female experience, saying yes, I think a lot of times you give your power away. And for me, and bringing it back to what we're working on today, giving power away is giving time and life energy away. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm trying to reassess in my own life and and sort of put those pieces back in the right order so that it's like second nature that this doesn't even irritate me that somebody's asking me somebody probably asks you things constantly dan and you're like yeah that doesn't fit but you don't allow it to like rule your mood for the rest of the day <laughs> whereas me as a woman feeling having been taken advantage of and exploited mm. as an artist for a large portion of my life mm. it's right there on the surface so ask me anything i'm triggered sure so I think that it's while that's okay that that's part of like recognizing that that's part of it. What I'm seeking is to be able to identify that I have the ability to self-soothe and just pay it no mind, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Mm. A ton to respond to there, uh, but wanting to stay focused on the the hypnotherapy session itself and you know for the listeners just so everybody knows as we've established jessica and i know each other she's very experienced with hypnotherapy so what you heard today was a kind of simulation of a session between the two of us every session truly is different as every person is different there is a structure that i will apply and bring to the session itself but that will be changed and modified and customized and tailored in an infinity of ways, depending on the responses that I get from the people that I'm working with. Past life regression and regression therapy and other guided therapies are also all threaded in. So it's not just the visualizations or the movie theater that we did, but those are options that will be employed regularly, we'll say. The and visualizations, if I can just interject. Please. That is such a powerful portion of this. Like these moments that I'm having where I'm coming to some sort of um, place where something makes sense or it's integrating, it's because I'm feeling it and I'm visualizing it and it's just this feedback loop consistently. Yeah. And that's giving rise to solutions, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways. And I don't know. I think that maybe people think that hypnotherapy is sort of like this passive thing, but mm. I feel highly 
activated and then completely relaxed Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I feel like that's the state that we're always trying to get at through self-care that hypnotherapy really accesses quite efficiently because now like all of these things that you just suggested that I take with me, I can take with me consciously, subconsciously, and then also just like practically some of the visualizations. Like I can just meditate on those or, you know, uh, fantasize about them, daydream about them. And reflecting what I saw you do, which I could not have done for you, nobody could, is being able to go into your own experiences of what we reduced to those emails, but essentially the interactions around work and and inquiry and dread and, and that whole subject that we explored, and use your surgical tools to take apart for yourself the pieces of it that are useful, the pieces of it that aren't, and what needed to be realigned or just reintegrated or reintroduced, this sense of obligation and not wanting to miss an opportunity that's not FOMO, it's something different, you know? So again, your filters, your surgical tools for what you needed there and what you didn't, that I couldn't, that ultimately nobody could say or do for you. These sessions too now, I feel like are radically different from previous hypnotherapy sessions. Definitely. I mean, between the two of us, absolutely, yes. For sure. And on another level too, because I am aware of my bullshit. <laughs> So it's like right there on the surface. So as soon as I start going, like falling back into this headspace Mm -hmm. that I'm not actually in control, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's not true, you know? So having the confidence and knowing that through this experience is like, it's really exciting. Like I didn't know because I haven't done hypnotherapy with you for a little while now. And having had so many experiences in the past, whether it was like past life regression or just, you know, hypnotherapy for anxiety or for productivity, you know, you kind of like you move, hopefully you move on, right? With any one given thing that you're working on. You move forward. You move forward. Yeah. (laughs) I'm moving on. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But no, I get it. Deferring to you as the expert on yourself, whether it's on or forward. Yeah. But I do like that you are moving forward. And I think to have this also body of reference, if you will, I have a way of checking in on oh, what is this experience compared to like this other experience and how can I use this experience to maybe reflect on past um, enhancements or improvements or like how did that, how did I apply that and how did that feel? So it's it's very interesting. Right on. Something that you mentioned, which is I think a great note for us to end this episode on, is zooming out far enough from ourselves to be able to see that not only are we the sources of our own solutions, but we're also creating and doing our own problems. You know, to use myself as an example, on any given day that I might feel anxious for any reason, I'm doing that anxiety one way or another. It's, it may be something, it most certainly will be something that I feel passive in, you know, I mean, Having experienced anxiety before, as I imagine most of us have, 
very few of us probably feel like we're the owner of it. It feels very pacifying, or at least like we are powerless against it somehow, perhaps, depending on its strength. Correct? Can mm -hmm. we say that? Yeah. So the realization, ultimately, that whether it's unconscious triggers in our environment or unconscious responses to certain people or uh, places, whatever, you know, words, of course, uh, the language that we hear or something, that whatever my state is at any given time, I'm doing that state, you know? <laughs> so being able to see that from, with enough neutrality and enough detachment, enough empowerment and sense of ourselves to see, well, shit, if I can do that, what else can I do? You know, I'm, and this, I appreciate, I really appreciate how sensitive something like this is to say, having my, had my own experiences of all these things um, and my own shadow sides. But for one, and I say, you know, I've experimented with this and worked successfully with this, I should say, also in my office and in my private practice over a thousand times. So I've seen this in practice in many ways. And I think you also know this too, Jessica, that, you know, for one who is powerful enough to put themselves into a state of an acute panic attack, which is, you know, a pretty powerful experience. Unpleasant, yes, and powerful, right? They usually have a proportionate ability for confidence, relaxation, calm, flow, or mm -hmm. any other thing on the emotional spectrum for them. It's just the ability to direct that energy, we'll say, the ability to direct their attention and intention and motivation and energy in the direction of another state or another experience or another fill in the blank. Um, but again, you know, the awareness that we are doing our states and that we are ultimately the, the engines of these things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, most of my suffering feels self-inflicted. You know, and, and it's some of that feels from the way that I was raised and some of it just feels ancestral. Yeah. You know, and all of these things are at play. Yeah. And, and I experience them in very real ways. But also I feel a comfort in knowing that I can turn it off. Precisely. And, you know, again, with great appreciation, just pointing out the boundaries up front, this is different than any person who is currently in an abusive environment. This is different than anybody who's currently being confronted with real abuse, neglect, or anything of that sort. That is different than what we're talking about here, which is, as we're saying, really, that carried form of that that can mm -hmm. echo after those experiences, the post-traumatic stress of the experience and how it lingers in our limiting beliefs, how it lingers into adulthood, how it lingers unconsciously into our mental habits or work habits or things like this. So at the end here, again, you know, just zooming out far enough to see that we're always really doing our own states, you know, particularly in the adult world, unless, unless there is, and, and again, there will always be environmental stimuli. We can't separate ourselves or our states from the environment. So it's... What? No. Yeah, <laughs> it is a complex. That's why I'm here. Yes, it's a complex and multi-layered play. But, you know, I mean, you've made an art 
actually out of working with your environment for just that reason, haven't you? Yeah, I was actually just going to mention that earlier, you know, as I'm thinking about, you know, Kanmari method and minimalism and organizing in the home and in the life. I think that, you know, these are all optimal ways of living or, you know, seeking out some sort of um, like peace and serenity and um, pleasure and when you start to kind of look at what is bothering you, it, it, you'd, it'd be hard-pressed, I think, in, in, in my experience anyway, that there isn't something to uncover, whether it's in your life or actually physically manifesting in your home. Yeah, yeah. Always more layers of the onion that can be peeled back. And uh, I think Alan Watts's metaphor might be my favorite for self-improvement that uh, it's essentially it's a knife or a tool that needs to be sharpened and that we sharpen the knife to the level of sharpness that it needs to be so that we can use the tool. And if we continue to sharpen it, it will literally wither away and disappear. So if we continue, if we continue to peel back our own layers, eventually we disappear. But, <laughs> but, you know, to that point, you know, absolutely. There is always, the knife can probably always get a little bit sharper, but as soon as it's sharp enough, that's the time to use the tool. But I think that the intuition is what gives you the guidance of how sharp it needs to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. That voice inside yourself that says, this is how sharp it needs to be. And I, to your point, I think perhaps when we're young or need guidance, yes, it takes a teacher to tell us, no, this is how sharp it needs to be. But after a certain point, absolutely, one can only tell themselves. So with that, Jessica, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And thank you for listening. This has been Mind Space Minimal. I hope you've enjoyed this example of one way in which hypnotherapy can be offered. But again, it is a complex and layered art and science with a great deal of, of history in media, medicine, film, and television, and all over our culture. It's low-key one of the most fascinating subjects on earth and perhaps the most useful therapy in this day and age. So, I second that. <laughs> that having been said, that having been said, thank you again for listening today, and we look thank forward you. to being with you in the next episode. Bye. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit mindspaceminimal.com and email us at mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-P-A-C-E-M-I-N-I-M-A-L.com. Keep it minimal and keep it moving. Thanks again for listening.